0: a castle from the Renaissance transformed. The Villers-Cotterêts Chateau is now home to the first cultural site in the world dedicated to the French language, la Cité Internationale de la langue Française, a project put into motion by President Emmanuel Macron. It's a story conveyed with words, art, and architecture. Hello and welcome to this edition of France in Focus. It's said that this castle, about 70 kilometers north of Paris, has lived more than a 1,000 lives. Built in the 16th century, it's been reborn in 2023 to pay tribute to a language spoken by some 320 million people across the globe. Xavier Not, you are the uh, chief curator of this really incredible exhibition here. And the French language has a very long history, but this place also has a very particular history and a significance when it comes to the French language because of something that happened way back in 1539 involving the man we see there and, and this document. What happened in
1: 1539?
2: This is where Francois I, the French king, signed a ruling that imposed the French language in the justice system and in the administration. French became the official language of the French Kingdom. The other rival language used at the time was Latin. It was spoken by judges in such a way that common people could not make sense of it. The idea was to do this so people who were accused could understand the language they were being judged in and why they were being judged. It was a democratic move ahead of its time. That's how significant the ruling was.
0: Was the goal of this document to elevate French above other languages that were written and spoken at the time? No,
2: at the time, the rival language was really Latin, but the ruling also led to the marginalization of regional languages. Why? Because at the time, French was not the language used by the majority of the king's subjects. French was imposed very late in our history, in the 19th century into the early 20th century. Several factors contributed to this World War One, which mixed regiments, the rural exodus, and of course the compulsory public and secular education. But in France, our linguistic landscape was really very diverse, and the official one-language policy imposed by the ruling concealed this reality.
1: I want to fast forward in time a few hundred years to
0: 1992. That's when the EU was formed. English became the most common working language What did that do to
2: the influence of French? What we see in Europe is similar to what happened in France. When you have a large number of languages to manage, to help them coexist, you need a common language. And so that is what has been happening to the 24 languages or so spoken in the European Union. The strongest prevails the language of power, the language that is economically stronger. That is the language that will be the most widespread.
0: Coming back to the French language, what is the purpose of this place in in your mind?
1: We
2: want to remind our fellow citizens, and more broadly an international audience, of the importance of a language, whatever language it might be, the role it can play in shaping a country's identity.
1: It is about
2: our individual and collective identity because, out of all the ties that we have in a city or in a society, the language bond is the strongest.
1: French is the official language of 32
0: states and governments and the fifth most widely spoken language in the world the majority of French speakers don't live in France, but on the African continent. Hassan Kassi Kouyate, thanks so much for joining us. Hello. So, your work specialises or concentrates on la francophonie, or people who speak French all over the world. There are about 322 million people who speak French, you know, in the world. That sounds like a big number, but it just represents about 4% of the world's population. Do you think that the influence of French is growing in the world, or is it declining?
3: I believe the use of the French language is growing. The number of people who speak it is increasing. The majority of French speakers are in Africa, and due to the demographics, the young populations, the French language is not in danger. There's also the fact that these countries, many countries in fact, come together thanks to this language. It's our language of communication, of thought, and it's increasingly used for creativity, trade and education.
0: You mentioned the continent of Africa. There are some countries in Africa in the Sahel region who have you know, shown some pushback against their former colonizer, France. What does that mean for the future of the French language in those countries?
3: Indeed, the conflicts between the French government and some countries in the Sahel region could affect the impact of the French language. Why? When artists from these countries are no longer able to travel around, when you make it difficult to get visas, When you increase tuition fees for students, what are the consequences? Other countries seize the opportunity to take what France is leaving behind. Students turn to Russia, China and sometimes even Turkey to study. In the Sahel region, France is gradually leaving and other countries are quickly coming in. I've just learned that a Russian cultural centre will soon open in Burkina Faso. In Ivory Coast, it's not a Sahel country, but there's a cultural centre from South Korea that's just opened its doors. And there's a Turkish cultural centre too. They're all coming. We might not see the consequences today, but maybe in 10 or 15 years, for all the reasons I mentioned earlier, we will see that French might decline in these countries, unfortunately. But I hope we won't let that happen.
0: Now, this programme is being broadcast in English, so this may seem like a, a bit of a strange question coming from me, but does English pose a threat to French, given that it's just so ubiquitous in the world?
1: I'm not
3: the kind of person who fights against a language. I fight for a language. We have to fight for the French language, and that's the only way we'll deal with what's been dubbed as the English hegemony. But remember, the English... English... English language has borrowed a lot of French words. In fact, when you visit this place, you'll see that French has greatly influenced English. So I'm not worried about the spread of the English language. I'm more concerned with the fact that we're not working hard enough to maintain the French language and develop it.
0: Just like human beings, language is constantly evolving. And despite the best efforts of the gatekeepers of French or the Académie Française, new words are constantly finding their way into the vernacular. We're here in a room dedicated to French words and I'm joined by Barbara Cassin. You are a philosopher and an academic. You've spent a lot of time thinking about the power of words and the evolution of language. So I'm interested to know how you feel when you see new and sometimes strange words make their way into both written and spoken French.
4: A language evolves. It's like the import-export trade of words. The French language has a wealth of resources, with its authors and works in French. But then there are words that come and go, and that's normal. This place is dedicated to the French language, and we even have a room especially for how words evolve, for the import and export of words.
0: Something that makes French different from English is that the nouns have gender, masculine or feminine, and inclusivity is something that is hotly debated at the moment. Do you see the French language evolving to address this?
4: I'm in favor of reducing gender inequalities. However, I don't think that inclusive writing is a good way to achieve that. To me, inclusive writing is nothing more than writing. I define inclusive writing as it defines itself, with a masculine noun, you add a mid-dot, then the feminine ending, mid-dot and an S for plural. In other words, you can't speak it. I find it a real shame, senseless and ugly, to separate the written from the spoken language. I think that inclusive writing is not readable, so I don't use it. And in my view, that has nothing to do with the feminization of job titles, which is undoubtedly interesting, and each feminization should be discussed. I believe we should support the feminization of the end of words, for example, when all the nouns are feminine, but when they're combined with one masculine noun, everything turns masculine, and that bothers me. And it wasn't actually the case in the 16th century.
0: The way we communicate has changed a lot. We text message now, we use social media, slang is always evolving. Do you think the quality of both uh, written and spoken French is declining?
4: Some might say that everyday spoken French language has evolved negatively with social media, spell check, text messages, and so on. But we always say things were better before. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I don't think that's true. I think it's different, and it's about understanding that difference and making it evolve in the right direction.
0: A general question for you, you know, French is evolving all the time. Is it something that you think should be fought to preserve, or should it just be left alone to evolve on its own?
4: I believe a language preserves itself naturally. I think a language evolves with those who speak and write it, with those who think within that language. And in my opinion, that's perfectly fine. So what are we fighting? Globish? Global English? Yes, should we fight against non-French words? I find it extraordinary indeed, when you walk in the streets of Paris and you see many things in English, but you also see many things in other languages. And I find that rather extraordinary.
0: Barbara Casson, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. That does it for this edition of France in Focus. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time.